It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Excuse me, Ben, a little... Well, cough has returned. It's yikes. Ah, yeah, I don't know. It's fine Friday and kind of really good Saturday. It's and drip. Yesterday it just got. There is a little drip, a little post nasal drip. The drip. It's not good. Not good. Uh, welcome in everybody. It's nice for you to be uh, along with us here. We've got uh, an action-packed show, an action-packed week. Of uh, the Patrick Johnson Show. We are not on Radio Row in Glendale, Arizona. Just reading an article, and it was Dimitri, who, I mean, we love, but he's lost his marbles. But, I mean, Dimitri writes for this, Dimitri Ravanos writes for this uh, media consulting group, right? Gotcha, gotcha. And they do a lot of... Uh, Consulting for different stations, uh, Dimitri in the sports realm. But, you know, they put out articles for people in the industry. Uh, that same uh, group also named uh, McAfee the top sports show uh, for 2022. I we agree. got edged out. We just got edged out again. <laughs> um, for doing so national that, shows, I would agree with that, honestly. Yes. All right. Dan Patrick was, uh, Cowherd was second, Dan Patrick was third. I, Dan Patrick never really appealed to me. I respect it. Um, I think it's for an older demographic, though. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. It just doesn't really appeal to me. So there's, you know, a piece about because when you go to Radio Row uh, for the for the Super Bowl week, you're in a convention center. You're one of uh, probably not like it was in the heyday, but you're you're one of I'm sure dozens of stations that are there. And uh, that are doing their shows from um, from the site of the Super Bowl, and you got to think a lot of these shows and stations are in parts of the country where it's been pretty cold. So it's a it's a probably a pretty good deal for them that they're going somewhere where there's actually nice weather. But um, anyway, it, we're, we're not there. We're not there. Is the point. And but you like you would have you have quasi celebrities come by right, and everybody's brought to you by somebody. Brought to you by NIL. Skittles. What's your favorite Skittles flavor? They had nils before the, it was an nil. Like you'd show up at one of these things, and uh, Johnny Manziel's appearance would be. You could have Johnny Manziel on your radio show, uh, but you had to men- mention that he was a part of. Uh, Chico's Bell Bonds. Johnny Manziel's Magic Shine Towels. Make sure you get them at your local Yeah, I mean, they were retailer. promoting something. And I imagine it's still, it's probably now a lot of uh, DraftKings and MGM and yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're canned interviews. There's not a whole lot to them, especially if you don't have time to get. So it's kind of it. Now, 
don't know how much of this goes on now, but this is traditionally what uh, a lot of them are not what, sports people. They're just radio personalities. Yeah, there's there's yeah. a lot of uh, there's a lot of yeah, as you say, Ben shows, particularly from the uh, markets where, in this case, Philadelphia and Kansas City are, are sending uh, their shows. You know, the music stations, which we could have a debate about where music radio is in today's landscape. Uh, another time, I but uh, agree. The, the music stations are all talk stations in the morning. I mean, the vast majority of morning shows for years now, decades, on on music stations have been syndicated in a lot of cases, talk, sh- oh, talk shows. So uh, I always thought that was kind of ironic, especially yep. – uh, Working in radio and music stations in a lot of places I work, getting a lot more resource than the talk state. They were basically doing talk shows in the morning, local or syndicated. And, uh, we were, we were, uh, lucky to get, uh, a pad to write on and take notes on. <laughs> so, hey. but, uh, anyway, and, and I'm talking about, you know, bigger places where yeah. they have, uh, bigger, Budgets and, and that kind of thing. How All right. Um, how, did, how many different media outlets or little news or stations did you think Sirius put out there? They always put at least like ten different little shows out there on Radio Row, and they're all like most of them have nothing to do with sports. Yeah, I don't know. Um, certainly, I'm sure their NFL channel is out there this week. Um, you Stern? know, they I, no, no, Stern wouldn't even leave his basement for. Years. He'll send Keep somebody going. out there. He'll send. Sound they may have, something. yeah, they may have a producer out there, but I mean, Stern's not, no, not Stern himself. Oh, he's scared. No. Yeah, he thinks it's the yeah. apocalypse. So I mean, uh, and, and so you'll probably see some of that. People might send a producer out there to do some bits and, and that kind of thing. I just wonder, do you, you know, does that get you mileage? I don't know. All right, um, Pirates with Ben Byron, by the way, producing today. Hey, show. Ben. I was thinking this weekend we need to get uh, an update on some Hey Ben's. Yeah, get some more. Yeah, I think let me, we need let some me more Hey Ben's. Let me do one. That's fine. Cookie, we'll have you do one. Hey uh, Ben. <laughs> Cookie, you. Uh, I saw Cookie and Ben and uh, Joe F- Joey football on uh, Saturday. When I was feeling world's better after not feeling great. I hey, think you, you, you actually me got me sick. Did I get you sick? Yeah, I'm sick right now, too. Not sick, but, you know, like a little head cold or whatever. Yeah. Feeling great. Lucky you. Check on my guy Silas. Yeah, lucky you. Lucky you. Look at you (laughs) over there all healthy. and. Cookie had uh, his best uh, sweatshirt on. I was very colorful. Oh, the champion's one? Yeah. Oh, things happen when that champion's sweatshirt is on. (laughs) That's his go-to. That's his MVP level fit right there. Oh, good for Cookie. Good for Cookie. So Cookie's here today. Cookie uh, and the guys covered the uh, game Pirates won. Uh, it looked good in winning against uh, SMU on Saturday. Uh, let's uh, do a Pirate Report and run through some of the post-game audio now. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Mike Swartz, uh, his opening statement on... Uh, is this post or is this uh, radio? It's post. This is uh, Coach Swartz' opening statement after the game. So much respect for Rob Lanier and the SMU program, their coaching staff and their players, and uh, just 
you know, obviously you know the relationship that he and I have and going back and many play, uh, guys on that staff, so just a ton of respect for them and their program. Hard-fought game, uh, very just what we knew it would be and feel very fortunate that we were able to come out on top. Before the game, uh, Ben and uh, Cookie, we went in and talked to Rob Lanier for TV, and uh, you wouldn't find a, just a, what, a, what a guy he is. What, a, what an absolute What a guy uh, you are. He was probably he thinking the same thing. I'm sure he was. I doubt he was it. actually he was really good to talk to us. He was um, he was really good. He was really good. So um, Rob Ladier, very uh, Swartz was at you know Emory, Emory Lanier, uh, who started at Davidson and then, then after Bob McKillop retired, transferred to SMU to play for his dad. Would have probably stayed at Davidson had McKillop not retired. Um. When Emory was born, Mike Schwartz was at the uh, hospital. Little support for uh, for Coach Rob Lanier. How about that? It's deeper than basketball. Yeah, they had a good relationship. Uh, Coach Schwartz says the team got uh, punched in the mouth, but responded. Yeah, no, sure. You know, again, we we talked to our team about a few different phases of trying to play a 40-minute game, and one of them is to be prepared, one of them is to be ready, and then one is to respond. You know, uh, and, and again, I thought we were prepared to go into the game. When you get off to a good start, like we did for South Florida, like we did tonight, you feel like your guys are ready, but you know they're going to hit, and they're going to hit you, and you're going to get hit in the face, and they did, and just like South Florida did to us, and we didn't respond in that game until the last eight minutes. But I thought today in the second half, when SMU did what they did, I thought our guys responded, and so that's a big piece for us. You know, a uh, similar thing happened at Wichita State in one of our other wins where the second half, Wichita State took an eight-point lead, and we responded. So we haven't not done it nearly as consistent as we need to, but you know, in this conference, in any game, any team, any conference game, you're going to get punched, and we did. But tonight, we responded. Coach Swartz praising uh, Brandon Johnson, R.J. Felton, and Ezra Ozar. Yeah, it's huge, you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, you say that with that much experience, he's a sophomore in terms of eligibility, so we're excited about that. And, you know, Brandon hasn't had the last few games, he hasn't had typical Brandon Johnson kind of games, but I thought he really obviously, uh, was very effective tonight. We were able, to, he were able to play through him. He had three assists. We were able to get him the ball in certain spots and he could go look to, you know, it's not always going to work. You're not always going to get what you want, but, We've talked about this before. Turnovers really hurt us. We turn the ball over a lot. When you can get the ball to either Brandon Johnson or R.J. Felton, and you can get a shot up, that's so much better than not knowing where the shot's going to come from and a potential turnover happening. And so even though we get the ball to those guys, and tonight he made it happen. He got fouled. He scored the basketball. He made reads when they doubled him. So really important. But the kind of the uh, X factor tonight in terms of that was we were able to have a third guy that we could get the ball to and getting it to Ezra, and he made free throws when he got fouled. And that's just really proud of him in that because those guys all have to be able to make free throws when they're getting the ball late clock or late game. Someone else who I thought played uh, really, really, really well was uh, Jaden Walker, who ran the point and played something like 38 or 39 minutes played like uh, in the, true the game. Point. No, he did, and I think he was he was better, especially when he became kind of more of a pass first distributor kind of point guard. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, Jade Walker played very very well. Here's Coach Schwartz's uh, post game thoughts on Jaden Walker's performance. 
Yeah, I'm glad you said that. And, and that was as big as anything, as much as the statistics show for RJ and Brandon and Ezra. The eight assists and two turnovers from Jaden are just as key as anything. Um, and so, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. You hit that on the head that we'll continue to do that. He's been doing it in practice. And you know what? He's done it throughout the year. When, when, when Jaden Walker came here, we talked about him and the ability to play the point guard spot. But he's so versatile that at one point he was starting for us at the four. He was playing the two, the three. When Javon was here, he wasn't playing the point as much. But I think by circumstance, with the way our rotation is, with Javon's injury, with defensively what he brings, you know, we got no choice in terms of that. And he has taken full advantage of it. And for him to play 38 minutes tonight at the point guard spot and defend the way he did and take care of the ball the way he did, you know, really proud of him. Uh, today's Pirate Report, Mike Swartz in the postgame after the Pirates win against SMU. He says the crowd played a huge part in the win. Awesome. Awesome. You know, Saturday, 4 o'clock, I thought it was great. The end of the game, it really felt like that. Was, those were two huge stops late in the game that we had to get. And, you know, and I think our guys feed off that energy. And I thought, you know, I thought the, everybody in the building, you know, really made a difference. Huge impact. It reminded me of some of our games early in the season when we had that stretch, those first three home games. And, you know, we don't win the game without the crowd. Just trying to see. The Presbyterian game was a Saturday afternoon. Uh, at home, uh, Campbell was Friday night. Um, beep, 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 beep. The other Saturdays early on were played on the road or away from Greenville. Um, they've not had a ton of Saturday home games. I think it was only the third one so far, and uh, they only have they don't have any. Well, they have Houston. That's it. It's the only other Saturday home game. So they've been relegated to a lot of Sunday games. Uh, so it's good to have a Saturday game. Uh, the crowd was great. Guys, you were sitting uh, opposite of where I was, so I could see the crowd across the way from me in the upper part of the arena, and it looked like uh, particularly a couple of sections were on the side were quite well populated. Was it Was it like that on the side that was behind me across from you? It was. Uh, it was scaring me a little bit at first because up until like five minutes until the game, there was like no one there. But it, when it, once it started filling out, it looked great like all the way around, yeah. Fashionably late crowd, right? Yep. Uh, Ezra Ozar uh, with a double-double, the first for a freshman since last year when Brandon Johnson had one. Uh, he talked about wanting to get back on track. Um, Just staying consistent in the gym. Uh, just been, you know, not only just working on the jump shot, but working on everything, trying to get my mojo back from my previous games. Now the main focus is to stay consistent and just keep leading my team. And he says that he's uh, learning to overcome adversity. Um, GC's past few games is learning how to overcome adversity. Uh, you know, the game ain't really been coming for me. I can also say I, the way my performance has been in the previous games is my work ethic, not being in the gym and the show. So, I just showed up today because I was ready. I prepared myself the right way, and, you know, preparation is going to show. So he showed today. He also talked about the home crowd. Um, You felt a little bit, but we majority fell off. I mean, f felt into, like, the game just off our performance last game, how we played South Florida. Like, we learned from that. Like, our, the way we played defense, we knew how we can just beat teams moving forward, and... That's the main focus right now is defense, our intensity, learning how to, you know, just bring that same intensity from the first 20 minutes to the last 20 minutes. AAC honor roll, Brandon Johnson was uh, honored this week. 
18 and a half points, five and a half rebounds for the two games that the Pirates played. Uh, Amaya Joyner also, uh, freshman of the week honor, uh, for, uh, women's basketball. Ben will have a little more on that coming up, uh, later on. So a good win. You'll take him as you can get him. And, uh, I thought, uh, Jaden Walker at the point was sensational. Uh, Brandon Johnson is under control, but, uh, was aggressive. Uh, same thing I thought for, uh, really, same thing for Felton and, and Ozar too, but, uh, Brandon Johnson especially, but I thought Ozar was aggressive, but under control. He made some pretty sweet moves, getting the ball to the basket. Especially inside. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, just, yeah, he's nasty. Kind of, kind of getting it post extended and making his move to score. He had a couple of, of, of really sensational moves. Phelps had a dunk, one, the end one dunk, I thought, okay, this is. Yeah. This was, that was a pretty nasty play too. Um, big time. But uh, all in all, a pirate win. They're going to be off this week from uh, games. They will not return to action again until Saturday in New Orleans. So uh, good win for the Pirates. Some time away from games, a chance to uh, kind of recoup and uh, relax. All right. Uh, told you Friday about the return of Paul Cornwell to Aiden Grifton. We're going to talk to him next. One of the good guys, Paul Cornwell. Back in the saddle again at AG, plus uh, we'll get into some of the other news from the weekend coming up in a bit, right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. Your home of the ECU Pirates, Dan Patrick and Adam Gold, 94.3 The Game, Eastern Carolina's home for sports. And now, back to the P-Man. Back, back, back. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. A little later on this week, uh, Brett Friedlander from Saturday Road, an offshoot of uh, Saturdays Down South that covers the ACC. He'll be with us tomorrow. Uh, Hank Hinton in to talk about the Boneyard, Team Boneyard uh, NIL Collective. They have a big uh, drive going on right now, so we'll talk with him about that. Uh, Sean Bracebent is going to be with us, Yankee boy. Uh-oh. From uh, Philly. Who was uh, talking garbage about Philly last week? Was it Joe or Chris? Dom. It was Dom. Dom. Yeah. Yeah. So we might, uh, that might be Thursday. I don't know yet. It just depends. We're waiting on a couple of other things. We have some other potential uh, guests this week. That may it's a big week. Guests. It is a big week. Uh, and that uh, kicks off with uh, a big guest right now, a uh, good friend, a guy we've known for a number of years. Glad to have him back in the coaching game. Uh, Paul Cordwell, it was announced last Thursday, returning to Aiden Grifton to coach football uh, after some time away in uh, school administration. And uh, Paul Cordwell joins us here. Coach, how are you? I'm great, Patrick. I hope you guys are doing well. We are. Thank you for hopping on with us uh, here. Welcome back, not only to the show, but welcome back to coaching. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, great opportunity. I'm ready to get started. So you uh, were at Aiden Grifton for, what was it, 15 seasons as the head coach? Uh, before... Yeah, I was there. I was, 
I was there for 16, one as an assistant, and then 15 as the head coach. And then uh, decided to get into more of an administrative role within the school system. And uh, That's right, yeah. Yeah, so at the time, was it just that you kind of wanted to go a little different direction in your in your profession? Because, you know, look, I, I know this, and people who, uh, ha, you know, are, have coached, or maybe a spouse of a coach, uh, friends with the, I mean, coaches, it's, 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 it's a labor of love. There's a lot of hours, uh, that, uh, that are put in if you're doing it the right way. And so, um, you know, what, when you, when you got to 20, I guess 2020, what was the, uh, right before COVID, what was the, uh, decision in all of that? Well, it's a combination of things. I felt like I needed to change. Um, and I, I had had my administrative degree for a while. And uh, I've been asked numerous times about doing that. And um, so, and I looked to go ahead and move uh, as soon as I stepped down from coaching. I really wasn't necessarily looking at that point um, in administration. I, I was going to be the athletic director for a period of time and see how things played out. But uh, they had some needs in the county, and the superintendent asked me. Uh, to make a move, and so I moved to Farmville, uh, and I've been there for the last three years, and uh, it's been good. It's been a good experience. Um, you know, I've enjoyed what I've learned and the people I've worked with. Um, but you know, once you're a coach, it's blood. It's, it's hard to get it out. And I think I'm, even as an administrator, I think I, I, I still function like a coach a lot of times. So. Um, you know, you never say never. Maybe it was just a matter of time, but uh, when the opportunity came up, I, I'm, you know, I'm glad it did. Uh, Paul Cornwell uh, is going back to Aiden Griffin to coach football there. He had uh, just crazy success there uh, with the uh, Chargers, and it's great that he's going to be back uh, next season. Did you miss coaching when you were away as an administrator? You know, I think you miss. I think you miss parts of it. Obviously, there's parts of the job that are tough, and uh, you know, you, you don't miss some of those. But I think this. I think you miss the parts of. For me, I miss the process. I miss. I miss practice. I miss. Uh, I miss coaching the kid who uh, may not have all the the great talent and tools and developing them into uh, a really good player. And I miss the relationship with the coaching staff. Um, you know, that you build a bond with those guys over time. They're like your brothers. And uh, when you're not coaching, you you know, even though you stay in touch, it's just not the same. So I think those are the things that really I miss more than anything. The games are awesome, but I've always enjoyed practice. I've enjoyed the process of development. So I think I miss that the most. Did you go to games as when you were in that administrative role? I mean, I guess if you did, you would have to go to Farmville. But, I mean, did you ever go to an Aiden Grifton game? Uh, I actually did a, a couple of games last year when Formal was uh, on the road. I had to work all the home. I had to work all the home football games for Formal. Um, but when they were on the road, uh, I was able to, to go see other games. And, and uh, my daughters are both ninth graders at Aiden Griffin. Right. So I took them to a couple games. Um, so I did see two games uh, this past year. Was that weird though, going back to go there after you'd coached, or I guess with your kids going there, it, it, there was some familiarity. But was that just kind of different being a fan? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 always different. I mean, when you come back to when you come back on campus after you know when you spend 16 years on a campus and you uh, those folks are like family, uh, and you leave and you go work at another school uh, and a rival school at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it's 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 weird, you know. But I uh, and every time I come back, Dayton Grip, you know, everybody there was always. You know, you know, excited to see me and all those things. So it was always still home. Um, but yeah, it's very strange to come back. I mean, I had to come back. You know, when Farmville would play played at Aiden Griffin, yeah, so I'd come yeah. back in a in a working capacity. So, you know, that that's that's not the easiest thing in the world. And uh, but you know, I you know I think you you kind of work through it, but. Uh, haven't been a part of the Christian community for so long uh, in athletics. Um, it, it's uh, it, that definitely makes it a little tricky, and, and coming back is, is definitely a, a strange feeling when you're not officially connected anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ed Grifton, uh, their new coach is Paul Cornwell, who had uh, amazing success there for 15 seasons, led them to the uh, state championship game in 2013, and a runner-up uh, finish. Uh, you, you, the impression I, I get is that you're still at Farmville in your current position. So what is the timeline to, to get to Aiden and, you know, kind of start working the guys out in the, for, for spring ball and that kind of thing? Well, I will, um, I will finish out the school year at, uh, Farmville, uh, as an assistant principal. Um, but my, you know, my principal, you know, will work with me on being able to get over to Aiden Griffin some, uh, a lot of after school type things, uh, through the spring. Uh, you know, we've had some great conversations about that. Uh, I was able to go out to Aiden Griffin today, uh, meet with the returning players, uh, all the coaches that are, you know, currently on staff, uh, or guys that either coached for me, coached with me or played for me. Okay. So, um, so there, there's a lot of familiarity there and they're, they're, they're excited. Um, you know, to get started. And so there's going to be uh, some hoops to jump through this spring. Um, it won't be the easiest process because I still have a lot of responsibilities at Farmville. So, um, but, you know, we're ready to ready to get to work. Uh, I think today was kind of our first step. And uh, we're, we're doing some things this week uh, organizationally, um, you know, with, with the Aiden Griffin guys and, and kind of see where we are. I'm getting spring practice. There's a lot of work that needs to be done before then. So, uh, we're going to make it work. It's a growing area is, is Aiden and the, uh, school, uh, the area that, uh, Aiden would draw from, uh, it seems to be one that is, that is, uh, burgeoning and, and is, uh, getting a lot of new homes built. So that's pretty, that's, that's got to be kind of exciting. I have to imagine that it, it looks like you'll, you'll have maybe a, a bigger group of, the student body to draw from. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that even you know when they built the when they when they first came out with the plans to build that bypass, uh, we knew that that was eventually going to really impact the Aiden and Griffin communities because it really creates uh, a very a much simpler process to get to Greenville and different parts of Greenville. Uh, so that allows people to live further out. And so we knew our, our area would grow. Uh, and Aiden and Griffin both are growing. Um, 
So the numbers, the, the thing is right now, those numbers are increasing, but they're really more the elementary schools yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of coming yeah, up yeah. through the middle school. So the high school really hasn't seen a big jump in numbers yet, but I think it's coming, um, and we're going to need it. I mean, you know, we're, we're a, you know, a lot of the years we had a lot of success. We were, we were a big 1A. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and and then when we became a small 2A, um, and – you know, if, if that's a different animal, uh, you know, now you're consistently playing schools that are, have, you know, three and 400 more kids in the building and, uh, the numbers catch up with you eventually. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, you know, and I'll tell you, I mean, some strange, when we played in the one, a state championship game, our enrollment was at almost 700 kids. Uh, the Aiden Griffin enrollment right now is around 650 and we're two A. Wow. So, it, you know, it's kind of the numbers change, uh, what what constitutes a 1A and 2A changes, and with this new seven possible seven classification thing, who knows how that's going to play yeah, out. Yeah, let me, let, me uh, let me ask you about that real quick. Uh, Coach Paul Cornwell, one of the real good guys is on uh, with us here. He's going back to Aiden Griffin to coach football, and we're all uh, really excited uh, for, for him and the uh, program. Um, I mean, is that the ideal thing? Six seems like a number that makes sense to me, but, I mean, I guess seven. I mean, that that's probably, uh, you know, eight championships, probably a little much. You know, six, again, to me, seems like the right number. But do you think there's any legs to this, as you say, proposal of seven? I do think there's some legs to it. Um, I think that the state is looking for some consistency. I think that coaches and schools and athletic departments want to see some consistency. Um, and I, I think the – I'm not sure that the proposal to have an automatic 64 in each classification is necessarily – you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm just not sure that's automatically the best thing. But I do think that there is some legs to it. And I think you will see um, a little more balance. Uh, you know, the, the issue is going to be travel. Yeah. Uh, because you're, you're going to wind up having conferences that may not uh, that may not be close to you, but it, it but it, it does keep you within range of schools. And there are a lot of different options. I mean, other states do things a lot of different ways yeah. uh, that are are ways to look at doing it. But we're going to see how that plays out. I do think that this this does have a, a chance of passing. Um, I would like to see them make changes more often. I think the four years is too long. Right, yeah. I'd well, like yeah. to see them realign every two years. Yeah, there's too much um, demographic shifts in the state now. It's just growing so quickly. Right. Yeah. Um, you're, yeah. You're, you're very well, involved. That's one thing. You're very involved in the Eastern uh, Coaches Association. Are, were you still kind of involved in that, uh, where all the coaches from the East would get together? Yeah, uh, to an extent, yes. I mean, I've been involved with the, with the clinic. I actually spoke at the clinic last year. Um, so, uh, they, they keep me involved, you know, uh, as I guess kind of being the, one of the older guys that was involved from the beginning. But I, I'll tell you, these, these young coaches have done a great job of, of not only carrying it on, but they're growing it. And, uh, they've taken a lot of the ideas that we had and they've built on those. And really excited to see. Um, the coaching, uh, the group of coaches in the East that have really bonded because of this, this association, which was the, was the point all along. And so, 
really excited. I, I'm, I'm still involved, and obviously now I'll be more involved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last thing, uh, Super Bowl, who you got? I'm not a huge fan of the Eagles, but I do like their team. I, I just, I think they're, I, I, uh, I, you know, I like Patrick Mahomes, but I just like the way the Eagles play. Um, so I, if I have to, if I have to go with the team, it's going to be the Eagles. I really like the 49ers, and I really felt like that they had a quarterback, quarterback. stay healthy. I really think they were the team that they were the team to beat. Are you are you disappointed Brady would not is now not going to go to San Francisco? Is that disappointing? Uh, well, you know, I, I'm not a big Brady guy either. So, okay. Uh, oh, you'd have been, but, but no, if you were I, in a Niners uniform, you'd have been, you'd have been. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I would have liked to see them be healthy with the team they had. Cause I really do felt like not only did they have a great team, I think they got a great coach and I, I really, I like the way they play. I like the way they carry themselves. So they were kind of my pick, but then once you, you know, when you're, Four-string quarterback goes down. It's 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 going to make life a little tough. Yeah. So Purdy played out of his mind. So um, you know it was just tough. I mean you can't you can't beat good football teams without without good quarterback play. Hey, great to talk to you. Thank you for doing this, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you uh, hopefully in the spring months uh, to get a little update on spring ball. Absolutely, anytime, Patrick. I appreciate okay. it. Okay, take care. Thank you, Paul Corn uh, Paul Cornwell. Okay, buddy. One of the uh, really good guys uh, there with us. Good to talk to him uh, on the uh, Patrick Johnson show today. Glad he's back uh, in it. He's a uh, good guy, really is. All right, let's uh, let's grab a break. Uh, we'll come back and uh, NASCAR goes Hollywood. The crowd went mild at times last night. Never the sequel isn't always the sequel's rarely better. Right? Was it great the first time? I don't even remember. Was I it... think people kind of like the the concept. I think it did pretty well. A lot of people dressed as empty seats yesterday. Oh, they thought it was Halloween. Exactly. They got confused. They, they don't wore. know how NASCAR works over there. That's what they wore. So uh, that uh, we had uh, had a uh, kind of a traditional event wrap up today. Not yesterday, but today. So Ben will update you on all of that on the other side. Of this timeout. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Basketball, 94.3 The Game. Ben Barm here for your 94 through the game sports update. Brandon Johnson scored a career high 27 points as East Carolina defeated SMU 77 to 72 Saturday afternoon in Williams Arena at Menji's Coliseum. Mike Schwartz talked about the impact guys like Brandon Johnson, Ezra Ozar, and RJ Felton made in the win. It's huge, you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, you say that with how much experience he's a sophomore in terms of eligibility, so we're excited about that. And, you know, Brandon hasn't had the last few games, he hasn't had typical Brandon Johnson kind of games, but I thought he really obviously uh, was very effective tonight. We were able to, he were able to play through him. He had three assists. We were able to get him the ball in certain spots, and he could go look to, you know, it's not always going to work. You're not always going to get what you want, but we've talked about this before. Turnovers really hurt us. We turn the ball over a lot. When you can get the ball to either Brandon Johnson or R.J. Felton, and you can get a shot up that's so much better than not knowing where the shot's going to come from and a potential turnover happening. 
Brandon Johnson named to the AAC's weekly honor roll for his career high performance. Ezra Ozar recorded his first career double-double of 19 points and 13 rebounds. And R.J. Felton added 18 points in 40 minutes played for the Pirates. ECU is off until Saturday when they play at Tulane. ECU women's basketball on a roll, and Maya Joyner has been named the American Athletic Conference's Freshman of the Week for the fifth time this year, while guard Danae McNeil earned her third weekly honor roll nod of the season. With her fifth Freshman of the Week award, Joyner is tied for second for most such honors in AAC history. The current record is at eight. Duke is searching for its fourth straight win tonight. The Blue Devils are set to visit Miami in an ACC clash. Duke is coming off a 63-57 win over bitter rival in North Carolina this past weekend. Jeremy Roach led the way of 20 points in the victory at Cameron Indoor Stadium. The Blue Devils defeated the Hurricanes by two points in their first meeting last month. Tip-off is set for 7 o'clock on our sister station, Talk 1037 WTIB. The Tarles take the court tomorrow night on the road against Wake Forest. UNC has lost two straight. The Demon Deacons put an end to a four-game losing skid on Saturday with a win over Notre Dame. NC State will challenge Virginia tomorrow night in Charlottesville. The Wolfpack have won four in a row and eight of nine. The Panthers and new head coach Frank Reich have made a major addition to the coaching staff as Carolina has hired Ajiro Avero to be the team's new defensive coordinator. Avero had interviewed for the Carolina head coaching job last month as well as several other job openings around the league. The Broncos let Avero out of his contract on Saturday. The 42-year-old led the seventh-ranked defense in Denver last season and also has previous coaching stints with the Rams, Packers, Niners, and Buccaneers. Former ECU head coach Lions former ECU head coach Scotty Montgomery was hired by the Lions as an assistant head coach and running backs coach after the departure of their former running backs coach Deuce Staley to the Panthers. The Brooklyn Nets have traded Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks are sending Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and an unprotected 2029 first-round pick, along with second-round picks in 2027 and 2029 to the Nets in exchange for Irving and Markeith Morris, sources say. Kyrie ideally wanted to be traded to the Lakers to reunite with LeBron, but after giving Nets GM Sean Marks a lot of trouble during his tenure in Brooklyn. Recent reports indicate that Marks did not want to do the Kyrie a favor by trading him to a destination he would have preferred. Justin Rose back in the winner's circle the AT and at the A&T earlier today at Pebble Beach Pro-AM by three strokes as the Englishman's 11th career win on the PGA Tour. Martin Truex Jr. is taking home the checkered flag in the first race of the NASCAR Cup Series season. The drivers battled in Los Angeles yesterday the second ever clash at the Coliseum. Austin Dillon, Kyle Busch, Alex Bowman, and Kyle Larson rounded up the top five finishers. A total of 16 caution flags were waved during the race as Truex Jr., Bowman, Larson, Eric Almirola, and Ryan Priest were the only drivers who avoided accidents on the night. NASCAR's 75th season continues next Thursday in Florida with duels 1 and 2 at Daytona. The Daytona 500 takes place on February 19th. That's going to do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. This 94.3 The Game Sports Update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For more information on to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. On the other side, Patrick Johnson will wrap it up here on the Patrick Johnson Show right here on 94.3 The Game. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to The Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it! Or tell your smart speaker to stream 943 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 943 The Game. 
Coming up at the top of the hour, it's Inside ECU Athletics from Logan's Roadhouse radio show. Coach Swartz, they'll also be hearing from Ezra Ozar and David Kasunganai, who uh, recently was added, uh, recently given and awarded a scholarship. Kasunganai. So look forward to that top of the hour. Uh, nice to have Paul Cornwell on, good guy, and uh, also nice to uh, nice to uh, have you with us here. I was looking, uh, this this kind of developed yesterday. Jim Beheim, who friend of the show, John Feinstein once said, "If a hemorrhoid could talk, it would sound like Jim Beheim." I love that statement because I agree. He's oh, he sucks. I hate him. Beheim, who hates North Carolina, the state of North Carolina, he hates Greensboro too. He hates green. Well, look, I, I get that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Beheim, um, uh, uh, casting accusations this weekend towards Wake Forest, uh, and Miami and Pittsburgh to buy their teams. In other words, they used NIL money to buy and pay for their rosters. Now, yeah, Miami's pretty good. But Wake and Pitt, if they did pay for that, might need to get their money back. Yeah. Um, Bubble but I teams mean, every year. Th- that's what uh, Beheim is saying. Uh, Steve Forbes telling ESPN late Saturday after seeing Beheim's comments, I don't have one player on my team that got NL money to come here. Okay, maybe they didn't get money to come there, but they probably have gotten some NIL money still. Point taken. You tell me Buddy Bayham didn't get no money from the coach? It's his son. Well, that's that's the funny thing about Syracuse and Bayheim, who is alleged to have uh, provided the benefits when they were impermissible. That's always been a, a murmur. But anyway, uh, Bayheim released a statement today. And then I guess he called Steve Forbes, this, this is like your guys' hours. He called him at 2.30 Sunday morning. You know, coaches are nuts. They stay up all night. They don't sleep. He, he just got around. He was around his boys. And let's call this the clown right now. Let's prank call him. No, no. This was a call to apologize. To, but coaches talk at that time of, of, of night. They're up this time of year. Cool people stay up late, man. All right, here's the question. If someone, if Jim Beheim called you at 2.30 in the morning, Cookie, would you be awake to answer the phone? What day is it? Just, what was, I guess this was Saturday night into Sunday. So oh, 2:30 yeah. 2.30 Sunday morning. Oh, yeah, I would be okay. up. Okay. Uh, ben, would you be yeah. up to answer the, now the question is, would Ben answer the phone? No. No, no, no he would not, he, he, uh, no, he would not answer the phone. If it was Beheim, I'd be pissed. Ben could get be a call from uh, the president, from the White House, and Ben would not answer the call. Would you answer it? Yeah, I got a few things to say, sure. <laughs> I got a lot of things to say, so yeah, I'd answer it. Ben not answering his phone, no matter what, is the point. Leave no. me alone. Everybody leave me alone. You can send a text. I'll get to it. Listen to this guy, man. Just leave me alone. You guys, you guys know the answer with me on that. If he called at 9.30, he might not. I might not be awake. If he calls you at 4.30 a.m., though, you will be. If he called me at 4.30, I'd be awake, yeah. You're right, Cookie. 
downstairs having some coffee. Ain't nothing so, wrong yeah. with that. No. I think there's a lot wrong with that. Go back to sleep, dude. I what are you work. doing? What are you doing? I work. I'm enjoying coffee before I work, Ben. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's good for anybody. Cream and sugar or no? Uh, you know what I've started using in the coffee? What? Is an almond cream, an unsweetened almond cream. See, I'm not that bougie. I, I can just throw some like <sighs> no, Walmart creamer in there. Drink it straight old. up. You're not old like I am. Drink it straight up I, the way God and intended. I've, I've used Splenda for the last year. And that's oh, really I love good. Splenda. It's a good decision for me. Love some Splenda. Yeah. Ben's a black coffee guy, right? I don't get, I can't get behind that. It's the way God intended, dude. <laughs> I know a lot of people that do the black coffee. It's just tough to do. It's it, better it, for it you. It tastes like crap. Tastes great. Yeah, you, it, I'll say this, you can throw too much stuff in there now. Oh yeah. No, I hate when, when it's got too no, much stuff. No, I like in it. it. I don't even like a cream and sugar. At that point, it's not even coffee anymore. Yeah, it is. It's just good. It's a sugar water drink. Sugar dirt yeah. drink. So I guess you're not you're not going to a place and get a fancy coffee is what I'm hearing, Ben. No, no, they open they open the coffee house up next door, and I want to try it, but it's like I'm gonna get a co- I'm gonna get a black coffee anyways. Why even go? Everybody the, I, thinks you're so cool, Ben. I'm gonna vouch for uh, Giddy Up. That's some good that's some good stuff. Okay, yeah, I'm not I'm not denied. I'm just saying, knowing how yeah. I am, I'll just get a black coffee, and it's like, well, I could just get that here. They got one yeah, at Williamston, and people are freaking obsessed with it. Not saying that's a bad thing, but I mean, people are obsessed with that place. I've not been to the Williamston one. I've been to the one in Washington a few times. I didn't know. I thought this was like a local business. I didn't know it was like a franchise. I think there's only three, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a local franchise. Yeah, like a little local, little local chain. That's uh, so. Yeah, that's good. I think they've got some other stuff there, Ben. I don't, you know. I'd get a tea from there today. I'd get some kind of tea for my throat and all of that. See, I don't even do a Starbucks coffee, so. I might do a McDonald's. And everyone, everyone thinks you're the coolest guy ever. Cookie, I, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Cookie, I'm sensing a little uh, dissension with you. Uh, he thinks he's the funniest guy. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, nothing new from uh, Joey Brackets today. Maybe tomorrow, I guess he'll put out his latest uh, bracketology. Jerry Palm, friend of the show, Ben. Jerry Palm. That's a that's a big get right there. That's it's a big um, claim. He has Memphis in at nine as a nine seed. This is as of this morning. Uh, he's got uh, Houston as a two seed in the East. Interesting. And uh, that's out of the American. Duke a six. UNC is now a tenth. Do they still have U- UCF, either one of those, on their no, brackets? No, UCF's yeah. in, on the struggle bus. I right thought now. that was weird for a while. I mean, they were playing good, but I didn't really see they were, it. They were among the second four out in for Lenardi. Yeah. And I think maybe got to last four out uh, once. But uh, Palm has updated his today. He's got NC State, the eight seed, playing Purdue. So there you go. All right, we'll talk uh, some college hoops tomorrow at ACC and everything going on there with uh, Brett Friedlander. It's been a while since we've had him. He writes now for Saturday Road, an offshoot of uh, the Saturdays Down South uh, network. So we'll talk with him a little about uh, UNC, Duke, and uh, we'll pack crack, crack in the top 25 today. How about that? Um, so all that tomorrow, later on in the week, our pal Hank Hinton. 
Team Boneyard Collective, and a lot more. And a week from today, we start our uh, Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Cliff Godwin segments. Talk to Coach Godwin today. He's ready to go. All right, uh, we'll catch everybody tomorrow. Have a great evening.